0: I
1: literally stood up on a beer crate last night and ranted.
0: It's Friday. January 5th, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Paul Peters, Master's Student in Civil Engineering and Trump hat Distributor, and with me today are, as always, Molly Quell, Contributing Editor at Dutch News and the podcast Resident Overachiever, and Gordon Derek, Contributing Editor at Dutch News and Gordon Brown Aficionado. Why are you in Gordon Brown Aficionado?
2: At Christmas, um, my parents very g- kindly gave me uh, a book. Uh, which uh, turned out... Well, they gave me two things, actually. One was a grill pan, which was a great present. And then um, another. the other present they gave me was uh, the memoirs of uh, a gentleman called Gordon Brown, who some of you may be old enough to remember used to be Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. They really hates you. It's one of those presents that says, uh, thanks for coming, lovely to see you, but don't uh, take too much trouble next year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, Paul. Why did you bring a stupid Trump head this morning? (laughs) I thought it would be a
0: nice gift for you.
1: It was not a nice gift. It was not nice. Should we wish our listeners a a Happy New Year and and say we're back and all that stuff? Or should we just
0: want to talk about ourselves? (laughs) Uh, No, um, uh, Happy New Year to our listeners.
1: Yes,
2: Happy New Year to everybody. And uh, yeah, do we all have good New Year's resolutions this Mm year?
1: Uh, I will bring more trumpets. Excellent. Do you guys want to hear what my my New Year's resolution is? No, but you're going to tell us anyway. That's pretty much true. I'm going to try to watch the top 100 movies on IMDb.
2: Is this now that you've finished listening to the top 2,000 yes. we to the top 100 exactly. movies? And wanna... have, they, have they been voted for by Dutch movie viewers? So yes. there's actually it, n- it, all of the movies dis- were recorded before th- 1980. They're yeah.
1: disproportionately located in Brabant also. <laughs> uh, do you want to ask me how many movies I watched last year?
2: Um, no, but you're going to tell me anyway. <laughs> Two. Well done. Yeah. When
1: did you watch them? I watched two movies last year. Oh, I saw oh in, the, in, in the entire year? In the entire year. And this year I'm going to attempt to uh, see a 100. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah we'll see but, how uh, that goes. Yeah. All right, shall we get to the news?
0: Yes. This week we'll update you on the New Year's first storm of truly biblical proportions, why Fred Teve had a day off this week, and what an alpaca was doing in Harlem in the middle of the night. Our top story... Uh, This week was of course the storm, Um, the first storm of the year on Wednesday caused some major disruptions, the roof of a tunnel entrance in Amsterdam was damaged, trains had heavy delays and Amsterdam Schiphol airport cancelled 252 flights, a number of people were injured, for example in Barlo, Limburg, when a car hit a fallen tree. The total damage of the storm is 10 million euros, making it, in terms of damage, quite a heavy storm, according to the Dutch Association of Insurers.
1: But this wasn't an officially heavy storm, right, uh, Paul?
0: No. Uh, as always, the Dutch uh, uh, Royal Meteorological Institute has a very precise definition for this. Uh, it's required for a heavy storm that there is at least one consecutive hour of wind force 10 in the Utrecht village of De Beeld, where that institute is headquartered. Um, despite that, it was the first time in history that all five storm barriers, such as the Oosterscheldekering uh, in Zeeland and the Maaslandkering in the port of Rotterdam, were closed. According to Rijkswaterstaat, everything went well. The storm barriers closed according to plan and we were all very safe. Yeah.
2: Well, Technically, they didn't have to close one of the barriers, but they thought we'll just do it anyway because we've got the other four shut. It's Isn't fun. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just for, d- just for kicks. Because yeah. it's New Year. It's New Year. Yeah, bit of a treat for people. Indeed.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But not everyone was safe, uh, right? There were a few incidents. No, indeed, um, everyone is safe except a replica of Noah's Ark in the Flevoland town of Urk. The 70-meter-long and 30-meter-high replica, which is part of a Bible museum, came loose from its moorings in the strong winds and caused considerable damage to other boats in the harbour. The town is known for its Orthodox Christian inhabitants, and to double the irony, all animals and the seven people on board of the ark had to be rescued by emergency services. It was a true ark Oh my god!
1: So <coughs> the Dutch uh, Rijkswaterstraat, the Dutch uh, Water Safety Institute. What is it? What's the translation? <coughs> I don't even
2: know <laughs> what but the but translation well, is. It's actually from the Transport Water... Authority because they run the the, the motorways as okay. well. Yeah, they do that yeah. too, but they yeah.
0: th- they do everything. Yeah. So it's basically the
2: highways because it's the <laughs> in, in Britain, you call it the highways agency. Okay.
1: It is. So, the whatever the translation is of Freikeswaterstrat could do what uh, God could not and uh, <laughs> kept us safe from the water. Yeah,
2: but didn't keep us safe from Noah's Ark. No. <laughs> no, it was crashing into everyone else's boats.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it damaged yeah. Uh,
0: 15 boats. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But it didn't sink uh, any of them. No.
2: And uh, did the people have to be evacuated two by two?
0: No, that's impossible because there were seven people on board. Oh, yes. So one, uh, I don't
2: know. One had to to wait for someone else to turn up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Bus, tram and train services in most parts of the country were disrupted on Thursday after transport unions called their workers out on strike. It follows the breakdown of talks to secure better paying conditions for drivers, including a pay rise of 3.5% and more scheduled breaks. Drivers have complained that they currently have no right to toilet breaks in between journeys, and if they're delayed, it gets taken out of their lunch break. The union said work stress had got worse since local transport services were privatised, as competition for licences had triggered a, quote, race to the bottom by companies trying to undercut their arrivals.
0: Was this a quote by uh, Emil rumor? Uh, No, it it was somebody like him. <laughs> um, so that I, uh, I didn't all, write his name not name Not all socialists, guys. <laughs> no. Not all no. socialists. No, it's <laughs> his, fav- his favourite sentence. He says it all the time. Well, race, race to the, to the bottom. bottom. Yeah, yeah, and he says, race to the bottom. That's what he says. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, was the whole country <laughs> affected by this strike, Gordon?
2: Uh, not everywhere, because um, uh, in The Hague and Amsterdam, where there's um, uh, a different uh, uh, work agreement in place, um, there wasn't a dispute, so buses and trams ran as normal. And national train services run by NS were unaffected, but local rail lines um, run by companies like a Riva, they were, and some train stations like Harlem and Leiden uh, were. Uh, well, people are tweeting pictures where they were almost deserted because there were no connecting services,
1: so no one was getting out. There was no, uh, there were no buses running in Delft, also, and yeah. uh, also yesterday there was a fire alarm in the Delft train station. So basically, for like three hours, you just could not leave or get into the city of Delft. And how did the uh, employers react?
2: Uh, Fred Kahi of Cubas uh, who's leading the negotiations on behalf of all the um, uh, employers said he was surprised that the strike had been called he claimed there was still room for negotiation it wasn't a final offer Um, and he disputed the uh, the claim that drivers were unable to go to the toilet in between scheduled runs in his own words he said we don't want drivers sitting at the wheel with a full bladder which I think everyone can agree with
1: (laughs) yeah it was a relief You know your policy has to be bad when your own ombudsman condemns it. And that's what happened to the Rotterdam police this week. The Telegraph reported on Wednesday that the Rotterdam police force was planning to seize expensive items of clothing and jewelry from suspects if they could not prove how they were paid for. Police Chief Frank Pau told the paper we are going to undress them on the street. If you think this sounds like an absurdly bad idea, you're not the only one. City Ombudsman Anna Mika Swanaveld told the ADE that the plan is the start of a slippery slope into ethnic profiling. Not to mention that the legality of confiscating items from people not even charged with a crime is questionable at best.
0: I think they will uh, eventually end up with a lot of fake Rolexes and a lot of fake bags and, and shoes. And shoes, and shoes. Yeah. But apparently,
1: like one of the pr- uh, components of this plan is to give the police training in identifying like brand name and designer items, right. which also seems like a terrible use of resources yeah, for yeah. the police. Yeah. 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 yeah,
2: And is it really a slippery slope into ethnic profiling, given that they're doing quite a lot of
0: that already?
1: Yeah, no, I think we're, we're pretty much midway down the yeah. uh, ethnic profiling slope in, yeah. the, uh, in the city of Rotterdam.
0: Yeah, because they already confiscate items. They do.
1: Um, according to the police, they mostly seize cash, but sometimes other items. In 2016, they seized items that had an estimated value of 11.5 million euros. Most of that is from like uh, organized crime kind of right. syndicates and in particular, as the city ombudsman noted, it from people who have been charged and or convicted of yes. crimes it's as opposed to guilty. just like yeah. people walking
0: down the street. The Dutch National Archive in The Hague disclosed thousands of documents, investigations and dossiers on the traditional Revelation Day on January 2nd. Most of the documents are investigations to possible collaborators and traitors during World War II. Everyone with a German nationality living in the Netherlands after the war was by definition a suspect, including for example Otto Frank, and Frank's father and the only one of his family who survived the war. Other revealed documents are about the Dutch military activities in Indonesia in 1948, after the former Dutch colony declared itself independent. According to the archives, dozens of journalists are now reading the disclosed documents. Uh, if there's something uh, interesting in there, we'll have to wait and see.
1: How did I not know that Revelation Day wasn't a thing in this country?
0: Uh, yeah, I didn't know that too on, uh, until I read the article. <laughs> this is uh,
1: this is. I think this is better than Budget Day, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Revelation Day. I yeah. kind of like Revelation Day better. Yeah, than it's budget uh, day.
0: Uh, uh, in, in Dutch. It's called Openbarheidsdag which yeah. is uh, which sounds less interesting and yeah. less biblical than no, Revelation No, I like day. Revelation Day. Yeah, we'll keep that in.
1: So why is it on the 2nd of January and not uh, the 1st of January? That seems like a good day for Revelations.
0: <laughs> yeah, indeed. No, uh, because New Year's Day is a national holiday and public servants obviously won't work on a national holiday. And right. the rest of us are hungover
1: and indeed. unwilling to uh, read anything that they write. Indeed.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, but it is a pretty, obviously a particularly interesting period that's coming up because we're sort of 75 years after the end of the war. So yeah. lots of uh, yeah, very murky business is coming up. And then it kind of interesting me in this, this detail that you know even somebody like Otto Frank had to, had to actually, um, just to spell it out, uh, what happened was if if you were a German national in the Netherlands after the war, you were assumed to be an enemy of the state and your property was confiscated unless you c- could convince them otherwise. So yeah. even somebody like Otto Frank, who'd survived, his death, survived the death camps, had lost his entire all his family, family, family wiped out by the Nazis and it originally of course moved to the hot Netherlands he thought it was, a, it was a safe haven from Germany then after the war had to go through the next stage of the process which was actually convincing the Dutch authorities that he wasn't some kind of closet Nazi infiltrator Yeah, he but, uh, otherwise up- he'd have lost all his property as well as all his family mm-hmm. The Netherlands is set to send a compact team to next month's Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang. Unsurprisingly, the lineup is dominated by the speed skaters, who claimed 24 medals, including 8 goals, at the last Winter Games in Sochi four years ago. Team leader Roon Baal has admitted that that success will be difficult to repeat in South Korea with a smaller team. This year, 20 long track and 9 short track skaters have been selected, headed by defending champions Sven Kramer, Jorik Persma, and Irene Wust. Snowboarder Cheryl Mass is guaranteed a place at her third successive Olympics, while her colleagues Nick van der Felden and Michela Decker, along with skeleton racers Kimberly Boss and Joska Laconte, also still have hopes of qualifying. So no
0: curling... Uh teams? Uh, Seemingly
2: not. Out. No, what happened to curling teams? So they, they, they didn't qualify for the Olympics, but they've qualified for the World Championships, I think.
1: Is skeleton racing where people race skeletons or skeletons race? It's a
2: thing called skeleton bobsleigh, which is where you sort of go down on a um uh, on some basically a, like, like a tea tray down a mountainside uh, on your back at high speed. I'm not quite sure what it's called. Skeleton. But bob. is it just like a? Con- Probably
1: you the because way you you will end end up. you're very lucky to end up as <laughs> a <of> skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> So just uh, the 29 Dutch speed skaters in Pyeongchang, huh, Gordon?
2: Well, technically, you could say it's the 30th, because uh, Caroline Schouten's, uh, who's in the US team, is a dual national, has been competing for um, the USA since 2014. And she's qualified for the 3000 meters because she won the American trials of Milwaukee. So she'll be lining up against Irina Vist.
1: Oh, a little uh, internal. Yeah, uh,
2: so sort of internal, external. Uh, yeah. Who's the best Dutch person? The, the real Dutch person or the fake Dutch person? Yeah. <laughs> you know, on I, the speed skating track. I had a yeah. friend
1: who uh, had a dual national, uh, dual nationality for Canadian and Dutch, and also competed in the uh, Olympics for speed skating. Yeah. And it was caused a bit of a dust up that he was not, uh, that he didn't uh, skate for the uh, Dutch team, instead skated for the Canadian team. <laughs> If any listeners out there have misplaced their alpaca, the police in Harlem kindly ask you to contact them. They found an alpaca tied to a fence in the city this week. It's unclear where the animal came from, but the police put out a call on social media for the furball's owner. As of our recording, no one turned up to claim the beast. In the meantime, the alpaca is munching on hay at an animal sanctuary. Also, according to the Harlem police, you cannot have the alpaca, and please stop calling them to ask.
0: <laughs> so, uh, does the alpaca have, have a name?
1: Yes, the, the police uh, named him Teddy before he went off to live at a, an, alp- an alpaca farm that does alpaca training and mm. alpaca uh, mindfulness courses. <laughs> 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 and, the, and he also served alpaca the, meatballs, the, meatballs. Did they give him uh, alpaca acupuncture as well? <laughs> yes, and, uh, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, or no, later. you can get alpaca uh, acupuncture by an alpaca. I'll buy an alpaca, you alpaca. Yeah, there.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. Very, very soft needles. Yeah, right. Okay.
0: Okay. it's a full alpaca. Oh, come
1: uh, on. <laughs> oh stop. Also, also, also Molly, listeners, we are down our podcast co-host because I was forced to murder one. Of those <laughs> ones, so <if> anyone <laughs> is interesting. You can apply at podcastedutchnews.nl. Oh, you in can the,
0: tie me to a fence in Holland.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, an awesome Molly, I can't I'm noticing that an uh, alpaca has gone missing this week, and you've also acquired this very nice soft cloth for the um, <laughs> <laughs> for, for the table. That uh, I did. That, I that upgraded
1: here. our uh, our studio uh, uh, softening equipment. Right. Uh, no, but I did knit. I I took up knitting last year Uh with the idea of I wanted to be able to knit baby blankets for my two nephews, and one of them I knitted out of alpaca wool, and it's really, really soft, so I I highly suggest alpaca wool if you're going to take up a knitting project. For a baby. For a baby. Mm. (laughs) Or an alpaca, if you know an alpaca (laughs) that needs a blanket.
0: Because so much happened in the weeks the Dutch News Podcast was on a holiday break, we decided it would be a shame if we didn't update you with some of the weirdest and most bizarre things after this word from our sponsors.
1: Do you drive or ride a bike? Are you in the train or on the train? If you're producing text in English but aren't sure of just the right wording, M2 can help you. M2 is a digital publications company that can help you with all of your writing, editing and translation needs. They have a combined 20 years experience crafting the perfect document from editing books to writing website copy. If you need help with your website text, brochure, thesis, press release and more, contact them at info at msqrd.com. If you're interested in reaching an international audience with your product or service, you can email to podcasts at dutchnews.nl for our competitive advertising rates.
0: Uh, Guys, I would like to propose that we will never go on a holiday break ever again, because I think it would be a very a gross injustice to our listeners that we will uh, that we have to delay them with these awesome stories that we have in store for them now
1: too late I'm going on a winter sport holiday in three weeks y'all are on your own (laughs) for fuck's sake (laughs) (laughs) okay so
0: now we have a little uh, selection (laughs) of uh, of of, of fun stories that we uh, bumped into in our uh, holiday breaks yeah we uh,
1: wanted to make sure that we covered all of the uh, the the big stories over the holiday break for our for listeners maybe who are spending time enjoying themselves with their families and and Mm -hmm. celebrating the holidays and not
2: not being distracted by the news and not or, reading uh,
1: twitter compulsively yeah, yeah. At first, the king made his traditional
0: uh, televised Christmas speech again from his house in Wassenaar. He called on people to work on a sense of community, saying that we shouldn't be looking for a bigger I, but a greater we. Which, coincidentally, is what the bus drivers are on strike for at the moment as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: No, oh, that... and he also called for uh, for people to have time for uh, potty breaks. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> for, a, for a greater bladder, a greater we. Which right. basically yeah. what mm. he was uh, asking
0: for. Uh, there was some up though, this year, because some people thought the absence of a Christmas tree in the king's room was not a sign of the so-called war, on Christmas, even though there has never been a Christmas tree in any televised Christmas speech by the monarch. Ironically, the king also warned about the dangers of fake news and mentioned the top two thousand. Because it is an excellent
1: tradition mm. that all people in this country should be forced to celebrate. That's true. That's Mrs.
0: Even the, the com- British refugees.
2: Yeah. That's our Mrs. Cazar to the country. So what did he, what, what what terrible things did he have to say
0: about the top two thousand? Uh, he, he mentioned that it was becoming a new tradition.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it's a good tradition and an excellent tradition and one that we can all rally behind. <laughs>
2: (laughs) Speaking of festive traditions, the bill for damage caused by the New Year's celebrations is in and it's lower than in previous years. Homes, cars and private property took a 10 to 12 million euro hit on New Year's Eve, which is less than last year's figure of 15 million, and believed to be partly the result of the bad weather, because fewer people are out in the streets. The figures also don't include the cost of medical treatment for people who were injured during the festivities. The country's three specialist burns units treated 66 people, mostly men and boys aged under 25. In Flevoland, a 39-year-old man died when a firework he was lighting exploded. The figures will feed into another perennial tradition of arguing about whether fireworks should be restricted to large public displays at New Year.
0: I agree.
1: Given that the, uh, the country, that most of the serious injuries were men and boys under the age of 25, I think we should just restrict fireworks to uh, women. And then we can both enjoy people. them and uh, not have as many injuries.
2: Yeah, women could go out and uh, do the dangerous work of letting off the fireworks, and men can just sit, sit inside and drink beer.
1: Speaking of men who had things blow up in their face, De Sessesteg leader Alexander Pechtold found himself in some hot water over the holidays when it was revealed that he had been given an apartment by Serge Makou, a former Canadian ambassador in The Hague. The flat, valued at uh, 135,000 euros, is located at the seaside resort of Scheveningen and comes with some (laughs) strings attached. Pechtold can use the home until Maracou dies when Pechtold will become its owner. He cannot let or sell the home before them. According to Pechtold, the gift is a private matter, which is why he hadn't previously disclosed it. Pechtold has known Marrako since he was a student when he served as his driver.
0: Henkel was the other party leader who found himself tangled in a diplomatic quarrel, Iran was angry at Hank at this Christmas after he threw away a Christmas gift by the Iranian ambassador in front of a television camera. It was Cole's understanding that Iran didn't send the gift to female MPs, and in protest of the country's lack of women's rights, he threw the pistachio nuts into the bin. However, his assumption later turned out to be incorrect, since the gift was only sent to party leaders and to members of the foreign committee, both groups doesn't contain many women. Cole said, quote, I said sorry for so many things in my life, I can just as much add this one to the list as well. And he also added that uh, he was sorry, but he refused to apologize, whatever is, the hell that means. Is
1: <laughs> he going to uh, uh, work then on including more women in, the, in, the, in these groups, since clearly it's the Netherlands that has the problem <laughs> with uh, discriminating <laughs> against women?
2: in is 50 plus party, so how many women uh, are represented in... Department, 50 minus. Uh, yes, uh,
1: and do any of them get pensions? Or There's
0: another thing he's probably had to apologise for. They certainly don't get pistachio nuts. Uh,
1: <laughs> or maybe that's what they get in lieu of a pension when ah. you work for Hank <laughs> Kroll. Yeah.
2: Another clash of cultures took place in Rotterdam, where the launch of the PFF's local election campaign was upstaged by Denk party MPs who turned up to heckle. And it got worse for Geert Wilders' party when he was forced to sack his top candidate after just one day. In a development that shot no one, former soldier Heza Haqedus turned out to have some extreme right-wing ideas, which went much further even than Wilders' disdain for Islam. Haqedus was interviewed by the white supremacist student group Erkenbrandt last year when he called for nationalists to focus on all, quote, non-white, non-European peoples, not just Muslims. Limbs. He also wished David Irving, the prominent Holocaust denier, a happy birthday. And Wilders, who personally appointed Hagedus, said he would never have done so had he known about his anti-Semitic sympathies.
0: Jerry Baudet, the Parliament's Latin-speaking party cartel-fighting, costume-wearing, and notoriously often absent MP, was the star of a number of incidents this holiday break.
1: I really want that to go on his grave. <laughs> like Change his Twitter bio to this.
0: We will, we will do that. First of all, he won a television show selection of the politician of the year with 39% of the votes. Klaas Dijkhoff, the VVD leader in parliament, came second and Jesse Klaver of GroenLinks third. Jerry Baudet also made a blunder when he posted a photo from a plane of Urzgan, a province of Afghanistan, with the caption, so proud of our military here, even though the last Dutch soldier left the Afghan province in 2011. Baudet had been busy this Christmas break because he also demanded a NOS weatherman uh, should be fired after he criticized a tweet by Baudet full of claims regarding global warming.
1: I think we can all on this podcast agree that the uh, worst example of democracy <laughs> that happened in 2017 is Terry Baudet being uh, elected politician of the year. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Who would have been your politician of the year?
1: Um, I, Fred Tava. No. I think. No, 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 no. <laughs> 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 uh, Who would have been your politician of the year? Hank Hall. Yeah, really? <laughs> no, of course no, not. No, of course <laughs> not.
0: Come on. I don't know. I don't think anyone stood out. Nobody stood out.
1: I think uh, the former, d- the deputy mayor of Amsterdam, Katja, what's, Katja uh, Ollenkren, who yeah. became Yeah, who became uh, I think deputy that would have been minister. my serious vote.
2: One person i mentioned who didn't come into the reckoning at all, I think partly, this tells you partly about how these votes work, um, is uh, Liliana Plumman. Oh yeah, She's, because no one thought about her because you know, all she did, all her kind of work back in the start of the year. Yeah. So by the time the vote came around, everyone had forgotten. But she set up this she decides fund to yeah. replace you know all the funding for um, uh, abortion and uh, pregnancy yeah. rights groups that, uh, right. that had been uh, dropped by Trump, which I thought was, which yeah. was Dutch politicians you know doing something on the international stage. Right. But she wasn't in the um yeah, that's in true. the reckoning at all.
0: What about you Paul? I I think Mark Rutte is the would would have been my um, my vote I think because he became uh, prime minister for the third time and he managed against all odds to forge this coalition of four parties that you know are so different and so far far away from each other. So I think that's a real accomplishment but yeah uh, as long as Jerry Widodo wouldn't have won it I would be
1: happy. <laughs> Paul yeah. What's the word of the year from 2017?
0: Oh, yeah. The, the word of the year uh, election. um ongeluk.
1: Yeah. Also not a good election outcome, I think.
0: No, I... I not as
1: bad as electing Terry <laughs> as the politician of the year. That's but. true.
0: Yeah. My, my pick would have been Fipronil uh, I, But unfortunately, that I think it came third. Third, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and what's my favorite Dutch political scandal of all time?
0: Oh, that must be uh, the Bonnetjes Affair.
1: Right. And what do these two things have in common? Fred Teve. Fred Teve. Ah. Former Justice Minister Fred Tava had taken up a second career driving buses in Harlem, and he caused an app on Haluk, or an app accident over the holidays. While driving his bus on the A forty four, he was using his phone and accidentally rear ended the vehicle in front of him. Despite the accident, Taven is still driving and even had one very special passenger early this week. Paul's choice for politician of the year, Prime Minister Mark Rutte.
0: Hmm. It was a very fun photo.
1: It was a good photo. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so, so as a result of Fred Taven um, uh, not paying attention, uh, the person in front of him suffered even worse damage, which is kind of what happened to Ivo de when the two of them had to resign as justice ministers. Right?
0: Yeah, true. Very ironic.
1: Another thing that I'm looking forward to doing in, in 2018 is, is working on a Paul's and I's spin-off podcast, where we explain all of these Dutch political <laughs> scandals, and literally our first one is going to be the Bonijes affair, which Brilliant. is going to be yeah. like a 17-part. (laughs)
2: It wasn't just fireworks that went up at midnight on the 1st of January. Child benefits, minimum wages, speeding fines, and the state retirement age all increased as well as a raft of new laws came into force. The minimum wage is rising to €72.83 a day, which is 58 cents higher. Most people's wage packets are also expected to go up, uh, but only marginally. Nobody will retire now between now and April the 1st, because the state pension age is going up between, by three months to 66. It'll eventually reach 67 years before being index-linked to life expectancy. New homeowners will no longer be able to take out a mortgage for more than their house is worth, which seems sensible, until now the maximum had been 101%, but couples will be able to borrow more because 70% of the lower earner's wage will be used to calculate the maximum mortgage, rather than 60%. And toothpaste, sunscreen, memory sticks and second-class train tickets are among the items going up in price because of tax and fare increases.
1: What do those four things have in common other than Nothing at, at all. <laughs> David. Fred David. Uh,
2: toothpaste and sunscreen are going into a different tax ban so you have to pay... Um, Twenty-one percent BTV instead of six percent. Uh, train tickets are just one of those things that are just, you know, the, the price, the price is those, set and yeah. nationally every year. Um, memory sticks, I think. Um, oh, they're, 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 they're changing the um, the tax you have to pay for kind of copyright uh, yeah. to compensate copyright uh, losses, right. and they're, they're, that's going up. So therefore, the price of memory sticks goes up.
1: Also, the haircuts—it's also jumping into a different. Uh, going into bit.
2: the well, a fee on the lower um, the lower rate of BTV is going up across the board, yeah. which includes haircuts. Yeah.
1: If you thought U.S. politics couldn't get any more cringeworthy you were wrong. The U.S. ambassador to the Netherlands, Pete Hoekstra, managed to somehow accuse himself of being fake news. In 2015, Hoekstra claimed during a speech at a conference organized by the right-wing David Horowitz Freedom Center that the Netherlands was filled with no-go zones where Muslim immigrants burned cars and refused entrance to the police. This speech was, of course, because it's 2015, recorded on video. During an interview with current affairs program NewsUr, NOS correspondent Wouters-Wart asked Hoekstra about the remarks, to which Hoekstra replied, I didn't say that. This is an incorrect statement. We would call it fake news. In the airing of the program, news or cut from Hoekstra's statement to Hoekstra's other statement, creating fake newsception and opening a portal to hell. Or just embarrassing him enough that he had to apologize on Twitter, saying he regretted the exchange.
2: And then did Hoekstra, after the clip had been shown, did he not then go on and say that he hadn't called it fake news? Yeah. 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 Yeah, which was. Even though <laughs> <laughs> <below laughs> literally five minutes before he had, he had called it yeah. yeah. <laughs> on, on, on camera.
0: Well, um, that's all we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at DutchNews.nl. We will include links to everything we talked about today in the liner notes. You can now send comments, compliments, and abuse by email to podcast at DutchNews.nl. If you want to help us out, you can subscribe to our feed, give the podcast a rating, and share it. My thanks to Molly Quell and Gordon Derek. My name is Paul Peters, and we'll be back next week.
2: Hang on, how many Trump heads are there then?
0: <laughs>